0: Reading from the 5th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning with the 21st verse. Jesus is speaking. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that if you are angry with a brother or sister you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar... If you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift here before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown in prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all. Either by heaven, for it is the throne of God or by Earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. and do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more from this come, anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, that's some tricky stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently, it's Jesus' feel good morning for us. Some people lump this in with some other things Jesus say, and they call it the hard sayings of Jesus. You ever heard that phrase before? They call it that because it's hard to hear. Otherwise, it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. (laughs) Isn't it funny that our Lord gave a sermon to people on the side of a mountain who were following Him, and the church would later say these are the hard sayings of Jesus, as if to say that somehow these things Jesus says are different than other things Jesus says other places in the Scriptures. Maybe that they don't have as less force because He's just trying to scare us. Maybe we should ignore them because, well, later on He says other things that maybe aren't quite as hard to swallow. But boy, that seems dangerous, doesn't it? To dismiss the words of Jesus Himself and say, well, we know Jesus is getting at something here, but I'm just going to trust the Lord, see what happens. I'm not sure that's good for us. I think maybe we need to let Jesus' hard words sink into our own hearts for this reason. So then instead of being liable to judgment, we can be liable to grace. See those words on the wall? That sounds better, doesn't it? I'd rather be liable to grace than liable to hell. Any of y'all agree with that? Anybody? All right. So we're pretty much unanimous that each of us would rather be liable to grace than to be liable to the fires of hell. That seems like an easy choice. But maybe not sometimes. There was a little league baseball coach was talking with one of his players one day, and the coach, I thought I took my glasses off like I was going to be able to read that. Goodness. Little league baseball coach was talking with one of his players one day, and the coach asked the boy, Do you know what cooperation is? What it means to be a team? The little boy said, Yes, sir. Good, the coach said. Do you understand that what really matters is that when we win, we win as a team, and if we lose, we lose as a team. And the little boy nodded again. Well, yes, sir, I I understand that. And the coach asked him him again and said, so listen, when you're at bat and a pitch is called a strike, or if you're called out at first and you know that you weren't out, you don't argue or cuss at the umpire. Do you understand that? And the little boy looked at his coach, all confused, and said, "Well, yes, sir, I do." And He said, "Good, go tell your mama." And <laughs> that's pretty funny, but that gives us some insight of what Jesus is after here. I have been to little league games for some of my parishioners' kids, and I have been appalled by my parishioner. <laughs> but wouldn't dare say anything because they get mad at me. Stop coming to church. But listen to what Jesus is saying. The things that threaten us and make us liable to hell begin in our heart. The same way that a mother who screams at an umpire and says horrible, vile things to a human being who's out there volunteering their time for children's sake. Do you hear that? These days, people are putting signs up at the ballpark that says, no scholarships are being awarded here today. What they really should put up is, don't be a jerk. Remember who you are. Make a good example for your kid. Don't embarrass your child in public. Bible tells us not to provoke our children to anger. Don't let our anger overflow into our children. Don't let our anger, don't let our lust, don't let our desire for more, don't let our desire to have everything in the whole wide world flow into our kids and poison their well too. Jesus is telling us hard stuff because we need to hear it. In one of the books of the Bible, it tells us that sin begins in the heart. It begins as a thought, as an inkling. And it grows in us until it becomes fantasy. And then fantasy gives birth to action. And action, boy, action, when that's full grown, it gives birth to death. And so Jesus has given us a pretty stern warning here that if we listen, if we listen to those things that tempt our heart, we make ourselves liable to hell. Because we're not listening to the voice of God. And what is the voice of God called our heart to do? To love God with the whole heart. And to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And when we fail to do that, we let other things in whose goal is to kill us. To take life from us. And reserve us for fire. Because you burn dead brush, right church? Boy, this is tough. What are we to do? Let it sink in. Don't wash it away. Don't say, well, I know the preacher said that, but that's not really what Jesus meant. It is what He was saying. It's pretty plain right there. You think you're okay because you've never slept with someone who wasn't your spouse? Remember that one time you thought about it. Or maybe you saw someone walking down with the beach in a bikini and did this. (laughs) I'm guilty. Have I ever been angry? I was angry yesterday at a dog that took my bacon. He don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) I cussed a dog. Was I angry in my heart? Did I kill him in my heart? According to Jesus, I did. Because I separated myself from him. Have you not ever heard someone say, you're dead to me, to another human being? Where does that come from? It comes in our heart. What's the source of all the ugly political memes we have on Facebook now? It's sin in the heart. Jesus said, you call somebody an idiot, you might be going to hell. That scares me. We should pay attention to that. Don't wash it away. Don't say, oh no, that's not gospel. Jesus isn't preaching gospel here. Jesus is the Son of God. And if Jesus says don't do it, you better not do it. I'm just going out on a limb there. You with me? If Jesus says don't let these things occupy your heart, then what should you do? Kick them the heck out. How are we going to do that? Some, I'm better control of my anger than I ever have been in my entire life. When I was a teenager, I could be an angry person. My mother told me one my time my uh, temper was going to get me put in jail. She was probably right. Jesus healed that in me, and I know it. I know that Jesus healed that in me. I know it. Not terribly long ago, I did this 360 survey thing, and somebody who filled that out wrote in there about me for that leadership thing that I was involved in that the church sent me to. You had to get people to write stuff about you, and you know it's true because they don't, you don't get to know who wrote it about you. You ever done one of those? That's scary. Someone wrote in there it was impossible to make me angry. And I thought, man, if they had known me when I was 20... If somebody told me they were going to kick my butt when I was 20, I just said, I've had my butt kicked before, let's go. Only Jesus can heal that kind of anger. What about the other things He says here? Can Jesus heal our eyes? Can He heal us from treating other people like they're sexual objects for our own pleasure? I think so. Can Jesus heal us from looking at our political enemies and calling them idiots? Or treating people differently because of how they vote? I think so. Can Jesus heal us from thinking that we're better than other people? So much so that we can treat them however we want. Pastor thinks so. I've experienced some of that in my own life. But it would be mistaken for us to let his words be softened by that. We need this warning. Because the truth is, we're all tempted to serve ourselves. The number one sin mentioned in all of Scripture is idolatry. And believe it or not, you can make an idol out of yourself. You can make an idol out of your own wants, your own desires, your own needs, your own preferences. People do it all the time. We get angry at someone at church, so we talk about them to the other church members. Or we get angry at someone at church, so we don't give to the church anymore. We're not giving to the church, we're giving to God. And when we do that, we're not shirking our responsibility to anything but to God. You know what I'm saying? People get angry at their friends, so they don't call them anymore. What if they just called their friend and said, Hey, what you said hurt my feelings. And sought reconciliation first. Because when we let resentment linger in our hearts, the next thing you know, we've killed them in our hearts and we might as well have pulled the trigger, according to Jesus. It's hard to hear, isn't it? It reminds me that I need grace. When I hear Jesus' standard of behavior, as compared to mine, it reminds me that I am not yet perfect. And I need the grace of God. When I hear Jesus say that a divorced person is in this kind of peril, and I think about all the faithful divorced people, I know I am grateful that they know the grace of God and have been healed. But still, we need Jesus' warning because why do we divorce? He said it in another place. Because our hearts are hard and angry. And we let sin have its way with us. But I know that I'm not strong enough to never be angry again. I know I'm not strong enough to never feel insulted again. I know I'm not strong enough to just sit and watch the Super Bowl halftime show and not think something ugly. I know that I'm not strong enough to look down on somebody else because they think differently than I do. I know that I'm not strong enough to fulfill what Jesus is asking for here. So what should I do? Do I give up and say, well, if I've thought it, I might as well do it? That doesn't seem like what Jesus would say to us, does it? Maybe what Jesus is fishing for is for us to come to the realization that we need Him. That if we desire to go on to God's perfection, if we desire to become more and more like Christ, we cannot do it on our own. These words teach us that. No matter how hard we try, there will always be something that tempts us to scream, you fool, you idiot. To say something ugly about another human being. There will always be someone who entices us to think impure thoughts. How will we survive that? Luckily, the Bible has a really good answer for us. All of these things make us liable to judgment and destruction. Because remember, that is sin's project in the word, in the world. Sin comes bringing death with it. Sin's project is to separate us from God. What's God's idea? To save us Himself to give us grace and to make us liable to grace instead of judgment so that we can live without fear of failure and know, and know that we are redeemed. How in the world do we get there? I think one of the best clues for us is in 1 John 1, nine. And if you don't hear anything else, I said, please hear this. Words From the Spirit of God. If we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Did you hear that, church? Whether we were just sinning by thinking it or doing it, God will forgive us. That sounds good, doesn't it? But just like Ginsu Niles, man, there's more. There's more. Not only will God forgive us, but listen to these next words. And purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you hear that, church? Sometimes pastors get to act like doctors because the truth is we're just, we're just describing therapy to you. And if you were sitting here and you heard Jesus' words and you thought, oh no, I've done that. Oh no, I've done that. Oh no, He's talking about me. Oh no, He's pointing His fingers at me. Oh no, who told Him I did that? If those kinds of things were going through your mind, oh goodness, Jesus is describing exactly who I am. I have good news for you. Jesus can purify you from that. He can change you. I know this for a fact. He can heal you. And take that burden of guilt from you. Without Him, we are liable to judgment and death. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And dear ones, then we are liable only to judgment. Not only to grace, excuse me. Well messed that up, didn't I? That's like coming off the bar with a triple pirouette and landing on your head. I don't even know what a triple pirouette is. But the point stands, dear ones. These things that Jesus says are hard. And they're supposed to be. Test your behavior against his words. Don't sit back and rhyme, so I'm a good person. I'm better than old so-and-so. I'm better than them. I'm better than them. God can't judge me like God's going to judge them because I'm better. I go to church and wear a white robe, got a funky green thing on. I'm better than them. I'll be okay. God's going to look at me and say, well, at least David wasn't like Charlie. Right, Charlie? (laughs) No, that's not what God's going to say at all. God's going to want to know what was in my heart. And God already knows. And for that reason, I thank God that I'm not liable for what I've done or thought. I'm liable to the grace because I've put my faith in Christ. Dear ones, that's the only answer to the things that Jesus has said to us today. The only possibility for a change of heart, a change of behavior, a change of mind, and a change of life is the risen Son of God. Nothing else can wrestle us out of our despair. Nothing else can heal a sin-hardened heart. My prayer is that you hear that word today. That you heard these hard things that Jesus says and that you will turn to Him. Not just today, but every day. So that He can be glorified by your life. Amen. Amen.